If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast all in one place. They have tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. So download the Anchor app on Apple or Android or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. Now back to the good part. Welcome back to the Boundary Corner Podcast. I'm Curtis Wilson. I'm Brian Siegler, buddy. How you doing tonight, man? We got a big one tonight. Happy Hump Day first. Happy Hump hey. Day. Happy Hump Day. Cheers. Cheers. Buddy, we do have a big one tonight. Our friends, I'll call them that, John and Tally, Tally Bands. And Dr. Jeremy Counts, Hokie Pharmacist on Twitter, are going to join us in just a few minutes. Dude, I'm, I'm so ready for this. State of the program with two f- lifelong fans, a graduate, someone from out of the footprint, too, to get even more perspective. Dude, I'm ready for this tonight. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm really fired up. Uh, we had uh, Jeremy on last year in a uh, completely different – this day last year, this completely different year. type of episode um, considering where we were right after the uh, the Whit Presser there. So uh, we've come full circle a little bit. We're going we're gonna to hit a little bit of, uh, of a retro of this past season real quick, and then we're going to get into kind of everything that we've been um, we've been covering the last few weeks. So we're going to talk coaches. We're going to talk early signing day. We're going to talk recruiting. We're going to talk uh, kind of some, some future outlook going into 2022. So it's going to be a fun night tonight. Absolutely. And you guys who are out there on social media, if you have questions, ideas, thoughts, pop them to us. We'll definitely bring it up with these guys. But before we bring them on, we want to go ahead and get this out of the way early. We want to go to our digital partners for a brief message because once we get this done, it's all gas. As we take a quick break, we'd like to tell you about getting your free website report from our digital partner, Grassroots Digital Marketing Studio. They'll tell you how your website ranks on Google, on-site SEO, and social media. No commitment to buy anything. You can get your free report by visiting grassrootsdigitalstudio.com forward slash free dash website dash report. Now back to the episode. Hi, Brian. So without further ado, let's bring on Tally and... Jeremy. Gentlemen. What's up, fellas? How you hey doing guys. tonight? What up, what up? What's going on? How's everybody doing on this third Wednesday night? Pump day? Drinky drinks? Everybody work today? Y'all work today? 
Oh yeah, we live in Google. I don't know if you want to call it work, but that's I went there. <laughs> they might be paying me today. You, you pulled your Marshawn yeah. Lynch. <laughs> that is, I showed up. <laughs> nice. Well, listen, guys. You know this was this was in the making. Jeremy joined us last year about this time. Completely different circumstances this year. Tally's been he's been consistently messaging us saying he wants to come on. He wants to come on. You know you have, and you're on now. We appreciate. I'm on this I'm here. So Tally's been running the spaces on Twitter for for a bit now, uh, and that's that's had some really good buzz. We had some a lot of former players jump in there. Really good conversation. Really good perspective on kind of what was going yeah. on with the program. As we closed out the Fuente era, as we were looking towards who the next coach was going to be, so we we definitely appreciate you for um, kind of running that show and, and getting uh, kind of bringing everybody together on that front. Running that show right. and we, I mean, and giving people a voice. You, let, I know you let me speak. I know Brian spoke. You, you let people have the voice tally doing that, um, which is really good because you get to hear different perspectives. So I'm gonna ask this, Jeremy. We know your background. We found it out last year. Everybody knows. This. Tally, you live in Alabama. Explain to us three how the hell you became a Hokie fan. Hey, man, I'm a fat motherfucker. I just asked somebody around town who had the best food. They said Blacksburg. So <laughs> that's how I nah, man. I'm, uh, so I got a brother. He's uh, my blood brother. He's uh, 12 years older than me, and uh, he went to the Navy okay. right out of uh, high school. So he was stationed up in Virginia. So whenever we would go see him and shit that he would send me, you know, it was always Virginia Tech stuff. He sent me stuff for my birthday, for Christmas, stuff like that. Send me Virginia Tech stuff. Like I said, he was, you know, 12 years older than me. So uh, I'm 36. Around that time when he was there was that's when Virginia Tech was popping. You know what I'm saying? I was the Michael Vick era, all of that. So I just started following the program. Uh, from then on, you know, I was about six during that time. So from then on, and I mean, he he was a Virginia Tech fan while he was there. Uh, he doesn't follow college football quite as avid as I do now, but, you know, he still loves the area and talks about Virginia Tech more than any other college team. So that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> nice. Uh, so, so you kind of got to experience – a little bit of everything from from kind of the rise in, into the the glory days, and now we you know the last decades kind of been up and down at best. So you kind of seen a little bit of everything then. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's been a wild ride, man. I mean, I get you know like when I first started going on like the Facebook pages and stuff like that, because most people they ask me how do how are you from you know Alabama and you you know a lot of people fuck with you and you because I I talk. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I just – I don't meet a stranger. You know, when I when I got into Facebook groups, most people ask that question. They's like, you from fucking Alabama. First of all, they say you from Alabama, and then they say some fucked up shit. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm from Virginia, motherfucker. You know, I done been there. Y'all fuck each other's sisters too. Y'all do the same shit. You know what I'm saying? But, <laughs> you know, like when I got into Facebook groups and stuff, people ask me, you know, like – you know, it's cool you're an Alabama fan, but why why wouldn't you root for, you know, Alabama or Auburn? Because that you they've seen, you know, national championships in your lifetime. And I was like, man, you love what you love, man. I mean, I guess I'm a glutton for punishment. You know what I mean? So <laughs> that's just not the teams I fell in love with. It's a it's a 
Hokey till I die. That's what it is. I mean, I went to Jacksonville State University, so um, I went there to play football. And um, I follow Virginia Tech more than I do my my own uh, alma mater. So it is what it is, man. It's been a fun ride, though. Nice. Jeremy, and just in case somebody ha- does not know about what is your quick background of how you became a Hokey fan? Or a Hokey, not a Hokey. I mean, I'm originally from Dickinson County, Virginia, and I came to VT in 04, and it was – yeah, just from then on, <laughs> I was there for a lot of the glory days. And uh, I went there, fell in love in Blacksburg, and I was like, I don't want to fucking leave. And so I just kind of didn't. And now I own the pharmacy in downtown, own Main Street Pharmacy, and I, I sponsor the programs I love, and I get to live the life. I can't ask for much more. Nah, you, you can't, man. And you are the king there. I, I, I still like I, I need to see a picture of you one day with the crown walking down Main Street. I feel like that. Could, tell me the truth, y'all. Could y'all see Jeremy doing a commercial with the pharmacy, like walking down Main Street, crown, maroon and orange on? Oh, it's been discussed. <laughs> we pretty much made me retire the crown after I embarrassed the fuck out of her during the Miami game. I actually Shot got her. the crown and the spurtle and everything, the chain right up there on my little pirate. Wait a second. Wait a second. Was this during the um, during COVID? Yeah, yeah that, that was I the turnover. That's the turnover spurtle game. Yeah, and then we <laughs> lost, so I retired all of it. And okay. then it was like, "You're never wearing that crown again." <laughs> she was just yeah. waiting for a, an excuse to get you to get out of that thing, man. Yeah. She's like, oh, yeah. she I mean, she, fi- she finally got to tie to something Virginia Tech related. She's like, "All right, it's cursed. You can't wear it anymore." See, it's yeah. She definitely played that up after we lost. She wouldn't, did not want me near it. No, it's it's like my fucking um. Uh, the crown was something I bought. It's like my lordship title. I'm technically a lord. I got drunk and bought it and forgot about it. And then I had this title show up in my house. I'm like, I'm a fucking lord of Scotland for some fucking reason. <laughs> and then the crown, I forgot I ordered it. I got shit faced and ordered a crown off of like fucking Etsy or some shit. And I'm like, I guess I got a crown now. <laughs> you had to make it official. Had to yeah. make it official. That's why. Why not? Then I was like, right. I'm going to do the thing. So clearly, we all are in that same age group. We probably, at some point between 2003 and like the last 20 years, 18 years, we probably have all passed each other at a game, at a tailgate, downtown. That's the crazy part. That's like we sit here, we're all roughly the same age, four or five years maybe difference. At some point in time, we crossed each other's path. We didn't know it until social media chat somebody follows you listens to your podcast start popping in on you um and and that's the crazy part and it's awesome to see like tally we mentioned earlier with tally doing the spaces how the community came together because y'all let's be for real the last year a virginia tech football fan community we were a house divided we were at each other's throats and let's let's start by looking back first let's go back to august what was y'all's kind of preseason expectation record? How good are we going to do, et cetera? Uh, and I tell you, started off. What did you think going into the season, where we were heading? And uh, when the season started, I think I was somewhere around 84. I mean, I felt like, for lack of better terms, I felt like we were some shit, but I felt like everybody else was some shit as well. So <laughs> – I'm always going to bet on my team being the better 
shit than the other team. You know what I mean? So it was too many 50-50 games, and I was like, well, shit. You know, we played West Virginia. They some shit. We still beat them. A couple of things like that. So I was thinking eight and four, which I wasn't, you know, happy with. Yeah. Um, I'm not happy with an eight and four season. I feel like, you know, of course I want to, I want to get to the ACC championship at least every year. Yeah. You know, you want to do, you want to do more than that. But I say ACC championship, if I can get there as a fan, like I feel good, but I was thinking eight and four is probably where we were, but you know, we had chances to do it, but I know we'll touch on that later on. Oh yeah. Jeremy, where, where about you? Where were you? Tally was eight I thought and four. We're a nine-win team. Nine-win. You were with me. And if you look at the games that we probably should have won, we were a nine-win team. True. So yeah, you so you were right with Curtis. Uh, I was right with Tally. I was about I was about eight wins. Um, I figured we'd get about fifty percent of the toss-ups. I figured about six games on the schedule were pretty much book them wins. Uh, we ended up losing one of those. So yep. that kind of that kind of fucked mm-hmm. us. But um, you know. We, we didn't get to any of our expectations. Um, as we saw the season play out, we saw. Line. We did get the song. He out of here. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> go ahead. Sorry. There we go. There we go. Well, we came out and we did do the one thing I said we were going to do. Those guys were focused on UNC all fucking out, off season, laser focused. I knew yes, we were going to come out and smack them in the goddamn mouth. And we did. Smack but the they were straight up pretenders. But even if they weren't pretenders, I still think we would have smacked them in the mouth and won that game. I think we would have, too. I think the yeah. atmosphere that night, which it was pretty cool. You were there, Jeremy. I mean, we, John, you went over to Hardywood. Tally, I'm assuming you were at home, right, with me? Yeah. We were at home. Mm-hmm. That atmosphere that night, I felt like after all the shit that had happened the previous, you know, 15 months, 6 o'clock in ESPN, and they showed that stadium, that sea of orange, for – an instant you felt like we are getting back to normal. That place rocked. Sam Howell couldn't hear himself. Mac didn't know what to do. And you're right. We came straight out, popped him in the mouth. It should have been uglier. It should have been a lot uglier than 17-10. But yeah. we'll, we'll digress about that. But like, like we all <laughs> said, we had these eight, nine-win expectations, and then it's not getting there. And it's not getting there. At what point in the season – was y'all's breaking point. And I know most of us had breaking points last year in 2020. Talk to me after Liberty when I was about six sheets to the wind in this room, telling Brian, F him, I'm done, it's over. But what was yours this year? What was the one where you're like, okay, that's it. Uh, Jeremy, you lead on this one. Pitt, just like it was last year. Last year I got shit-faced drunk at Francatina's, and I talked to – it was Andrew Alex and uh, Nathan Brennan, a bunch of their friends who were still in school at VT. And I'm drunk, and I, I will not let them leave because I'm telling them the importance of donating and getting involved. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you got to hear Andrew tell his story because they're like, and then there's drunk ass Jeremy, like screaming at these college kids that they got to donate more money, and they're broke <laughs> as fuck. <laughs> They're, they're they're probably there drinking on somebody else's dime, and you're telling them they gotta donate to the program. I know exactly. I, I was shit faced, but it was the same as this year. It was the pit game, and my issue was, it, you came out and we talked about that UNC game. That UNC game, it was a religious experience. We're coming back, and that was our first game back from COVID. And for me, being in healthcare for the last two years, that was a big fucking deal to me. And so I'm back. We did. I cried like five times that game. It was insane. Like it was, it meant a lot to me. And Emily was just like, okay, like 
you're you're doing good. Even Emily like got involved and she like it, it was just it felt like the old days again. It felt right and we were finally fucking back. And then we looked good for a while and then the wheels started coming off. And it's I don't I don't blame our guys. I our guys they I mean they played hard. They they're great. We have a lot of talent on the team, but we had issues with depth. We had issues with scheme. We had a lot of issues, and it really started showing its head. I really feel like we we had a lot shown on us that pit game because that was the only game it felt like we were straight up outplayed. Yep. What about you, Tyler? You on you on the same wavelength, or was it before or after? Nah, man. It was for me. Honestly, it was like I hate to say it was, it was Middle Tennessee, oh, but. Shit. If you want to say like a breaking point, breaking point, it was it was it was West Virginia, okay. Because going in, and I can say you know the segue into it like the Middle Tennessee game, it was a team that we should have dominated. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We beat them. What was it? Thirty five to 10, 35, 14, something like that. You got to have somebody go for hundred and fifty yards. Some kind of we needed something like that. So going into that West Virginia game, I was already kind of teetering on that edge. And then to lose a game like that and to put up a showing like that against them motherfuckers, like, I was, I was fucked up and I was done. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, I've been to West Virginia one time and you got it. Like, I tell people all the time, like, I'm from Alabama. I'm seen a lot of fucked up shit. West Virginia is a fucked up place. Like, <laughs> Princeton, West Virginia, I was nervous. I'm 6'2", 370 pounds. Like, it ain't much to scare me when it comes to, like, people looking at you. Yeah. In West Virginia, they got some crazy looking motherfuckers around now, man. I was like, what the fuck is going on? You know what I'm saying? I got my Virginia Tech shit on. Um, it was when we played, I think it was when we played Duke uh two years ago. I came up to go to the Duke game, the game that we got embarrassed in. And uh I was going to stay with my boy uh Big Drink. Um, and we his his in-laws live in West Virginia or lived in West Virginia at that time. So uh, long story short, man, like being in West Virginia and kind of seeing that area, you know, it ain't that I like hate the people, but they just some ugly motherfuckers <laughs> and I don't like them. You know what I'm saying? Lord, yeah. And uh, when we lost that game, because I was talking shit before the game. I talked shit before every game. But once we lost that game, the way we lost it, it was like the rest of the season. I was like, man, I don't have no com- <clears throat> don't have no confidence in nothing. You know what I mean? So that was yeah. my breaking point for this year. Yeah, yeah, that game pissed me off for two reasons. It pissed me off that we came out as flat as we did and played so awful, and then they let us back in, and then we can't close the damn deal. Like that, yeah. it, it pissed me off twice for two different reasons. And can I say it's? And it was the whole tenure of the previous regime, right? You, they should have been so fucking up for that game. Yeah. Could have been taught the importance of that fucking rivalry. You clearly show. You clearly mm-hmm. show they weren't. Go back to the Middle Tennessee State game. Same thing. Remember those games, especially, again, we're going back to the same area, like 04. I can remember going and watch Florida A&M play, and Tech was up like 38 nothing before halftime. It was over. It was over before the end of the third quarter. You just squish right. them and you move on. Right. I, I, but I'm still at the pit game. I'm with Jeremy. I'm, on, I'm at the pit game because the pit game, all right, we're three and two, right? We're still in the ACC race. Everything's still in front of us. We, we controlled out. our own destiny at that we point. We controlled our own destiny. The crowd was lit. It was a 3.30 game. And we come out and just look dreadful. And, and, and again, the defense 
to hold that offense to 28 points, they played their nuts off that game. And the offense literally just was like, had its thumb in its mouth walking around like a baby. Like, what are we supposed to do? And it was they had no counter pit pit punch us in the dick and they had zero counter punch <laughs> yep. on offense. They, they they did not know what I else still, to do. I still have not watched the pit game. No. I watched highlights of it. No. My my boy was getting married that game that game and my son had a tournament. So I was back and forth between about an hour distance driving. Uh, hour to my son's game, hour to the wedding, back to my son's game, back home. And, um, you know, I didn't I didn't get to watch any other game. And um, somebody was telling me, like, man, the defense played good. I said, we got the shit beat out of us. Like, how did the defense play good? So then I looked at a little bit of the highlights. I was like, damn, okay, we was still in it, you know, at this time. And, you know, it looks like the crowd was hype. It, but by then, you know, like, I, I don't miss a Virginia Tech game. No matter what, I'm going to have it on my phone or something. But I was checked out, so. You, you know, I was already it. done. It was yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, I was hanging <laughs> out. I was ready to get the shit over with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like t- it was t- like Tally was done game. in Middle Tennessee. He was, he's like, yeah, I, I ain't going to grind out my way at this wedding. <laughs> we just need to go ahead and lose. I was in Middle Tennessee. Like, what? Mitchell went down, and Mitchell would have been, like, the deciding factor in a lot of those games, especially West Virginia when we couldn't score inside the fucking 10. That was Mitchell would have been useful. Fuck, we lost to middle fucking Tennessee. No, no, he he no, he played middle Tennessee. He got hurt at West Virginia. He got wet. No, no, got, no. Yes, he did. He got hurt no. at the West Virginia game. Did he? Uh-uh, he got hurt. Uh, he got was, hurt I thought it was the end of in the middle Tennessee on a, on a jet sweep. I was there. Yep. He got hurt. He got hurt in the middle Tennessee game. That was another reason why I was it was kind of a like I said, a buzz kill. Yeah, yeah he didn't he didn't play in the West Virginia game at all. Yeah. They lied to us all week. Oh yeah, they told us, you know, hey, he may be all right, you know. But was it? We came out what like Thursday that he was he was done. Yeah. They said Monday was like, yeah, he's day to day. Then Thursday, yeah, he's done. Yeah. Come on, Why did we have that information on Monday? I don't think there's we any new information that we because we had was to dealing with secret. some liars. Yeah. We had to keep it secret. Y'all are probably right. I don't remember. Probably was in a stupor. All right, all right. So I'm gonna throw some at y'all. And I told you I was going to throw it at you. Uh, Jeremy, you said it earlier. We thought nine and three. We lost three games by literally last plays of the game, West Virginia, Notre Dame, and Syracuse. Yep. Flip-flop those games. We're nine and three. What happens? Heesh. That's hard to say. Um, We we don't win. we made the right call. Um, Honestly, if we were nine and three, I think Witt would have let it go another year just because, I mean – we got really lucky getting pry, uh, but this could have turned out really bad for us in the coaching market because it's fucking crazy this year. And we're really, really fortunate that the portal is so fucking open, especially with so many people leaving. Yep. And this this year will be looked back. It is <clears throat> unprecedented, the amount of turnover. Brian Kelly went, left fucking Notre Dame to go to LSU. That's the most insane shit I've ever heard in my life. What else yeah. can happen this fucking year? Bronco just it, up and retired. He's like, nah, he's like, nah I'm good. I got, he pulled his Urban Meyer move, man. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> what do you do there? So what do you think? What do you think happens? Nine and three. Now, hey, what happens? Nine and three. We beat UVA. We're nine and three. We're going to Orlando. We're going to Orlando. That's what I think would have happened. 
One more year. You think the same? One or more do you year. Think year. What's that? I'll say in tally. What does he think? Nine and three. Man, I mean, if you flip flop them games, you know we lost to West Virginia. If we want, you say if we flip flop that Notre, uh, Notre Dame and Syracuse game, yeah, yeah. all under one, all so, less than five point losses. Yeah, so Syracuse came after Pitt, so I don't even want to get to the Syracuse game. Okay, but Syracuse came after Pitt, so if we go into the Pitt game undefeated, and Pitt comes in how they came in, does you know game day come to Blacksburg? Oh, you know this game day come there? Do we have that? I mean, I don't know, but even if that happens and then we lose the pit in the same fashion and then we beat Syracuse, you know, like that's a – I'm jacking off on camera if that would have happened. You know what I'm saying? That's what would have happened, first of all. But – Maybe make an edit. I don't even know what's going to – if we going to make it to the end of the season. If we go into the pit game and we undefeated, that means we beat Notre Dame. Like all of the shit would have went right. Exactly. You know, so I, honestly, I don't even know what, what I, how I would have felt I don't know what they would have kept Fuente. You know what I mean? I guess he would have earned it if if we win those games. Ish, but <laughs> yeah, right, you know. But I don't know. I don't even know how I would feel because I'm to the point right now where you're just so numb to shit. You know what I mean? Like you're used to losing yeah. those close games. Who didn't think anybody on this call, anybody who listened to the podcast, who didn't think any of these games that we played in was going to end the way they did? It's like watching the Notre Dame game. We're up. You up. I went to the Georgia Tech game, and we're up by 10, 13 points, and you're looking like, I didn't seen this shit before. This ain't safe. Like, <laughs> you get an odd number of points, and that shit is nerve-wracking. You know what I'm saying? Your balls is in your stomach. You know, you you don't know what to do. Your asshole's tight because you know we're going to lose it. Yeah. And uh, if we end up pulling those games out, it's like, have we turned the corner now? So I wouldn't even – I can't even answer your question. You, I don't know how I would have You don't even don't feel – yeah, you don't that, – that's kind of how I was feeling. I was like – I mean, obviously, it's, it's a it's a record where it's a hard choice to make if you're wit. It's, 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 it's hard to fire a guy that just comes off 9-3, but I don't know if I necessarily feel better about the program at 9-3 if we had have won those games the way we won it. Um so I'm, you know in exactly short, I'm. You do. It's the same thing we do every fucking year. We would have talked ourselves into it because we would have been nine and three. We'd we would have had a top twenty-five yep. recruiting class, and we'd have been yep. like, "This is it. This is it. We're on the track back." We're, we would have done that. You know, we would have. We do. The thing is, yeah, and then the thing is, like, if you really, really get into the question, if we go not, if we get to that point, you know what I'm saying? Do we go? Do we get to the ACC championship? Yeah. I mean, you get to the ACC championship this year if we, you know, something happens and it's different and we get to the ACC championship and we play Wake. Yeah. I mean, Wake is Wake. It, what it, if we it probably would have came down to the tiebreaker after, since we lost, we would have still lost the pit in the hypothetical there. So they, right. they would have still took it. But um, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. And but, we probably still, you know, knowing our, our ass here, we, we play that, we get a nine and three record, and then we get blown out in a damn bowl game and look like ass. And, you know, we feel like we, we took, Two steps forward and one step back. Right. Fire everybody again. I talked to some of the bigger donors, and it was that a lot of them would have been okay because a lot of them are old enough to remember whenever like people wanted to let go of Beamer around this time, and mm-hmm. they they were kind of conditioned to that, and they saw a recruiting class. If we would have went nine and three and went to the ACC championship game, we would have had another year. 
Yeah, he would have yeah. another year. Yeah. All right. That would have so, been, been a real hard ass. I'm with you. Uh, it, yeah. It, you'd have to have a, a steel set of balls to fire Coach 9-3 and three, uh, uh, with a team that hadn't won an ACC title since 2010. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it only played in like two games or two ACC championships. And then, but obviously it didn't happen, and we moved on. And I think we're, we're all happy. I think we were already seeing – I think today was that big like yeah, – yeah, there you go. But today – Free it last. Should, we, we shot, we've seen Brent Price presser. We saw today. And I think we all are happy because I think maybe we're going to get the access we as fans want. Like nothing needs to be closed doors. People, All these people know what the hell's going on. And that's one reason I'm happy because I do think Pry coming up from Penn State, knowing his background, I think we're going to see a lot. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're definitely going to see him. He's out and about. Yep. Has he seen well, him? the thing is, I never understood it coming from, like, you know, I always look at what other people do and try to equate it to what I do. So I sell cars for a living, you know, and I've been in management and I've been in finance and I've been all over the dealership. None of the shit makes sense to a customer unless you can show it to them. Yep. Like somebody will tell me, hey, I want a car, but I don't want to pay this for it until they see it. <laughs> you open the door, you put your, their ass in the seat and everything changes. I want a $300 payment. You put them in the, in the seat of a truck or a Tesla and the next thing you know, they're walking out with a thousand dollar payment. You know, like seriously, I've seen it happen. Come in, hey, three fifty, that's the most I'm paying. And then boom, they find the right truck, car for them, leave out the payments nine hundred bucks. You know, the thing is, is you close off access to a fan, but you ask them to donate, but you don't show, show them shit. It didn't make sense to me. I don't understand how that works. And, you know, even with the little shit that Pry's done, like I said, I know we we'll probably get into it a little later. The shit that they've done since they've been in, showing pictures on, on, on Twitter, tweeting with fans, taking pictures with fans, shit like that, already talking about a spring game. Like, you close this shit off, you're closing money, not only for the program, but Jeremy owns, you know, Main Street Pharmacy. When you got people coming into town, they're going to want to go see him. They know him from Twitter. Yep. They're going to want to go spend money with him. But if you're cutting off people coming in, being able to do that, it don't matter if it's one day for you. That's one day of business that people could get. I never understood that. So yeah. once that shit happened, like when I start seeing them doing shit like that, I'm like the business plan to like fuck football. The business plan don't make sense to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. It's crazy. I feel like prize at least saying the right thing so far, listening to what he's saying, the business aspect of what they're trying to do makes sense. Yeah. People's going to open up their wallets and their, and their pocketbooks, you know, pull money from out of their titties, wherever they get it from to donate <laughs> a little bit. More. Well, it, it seems like they're actually selling a product now. Like it, before yeah. it's like, yeah. well, you know, you'll see it in the fall. Now it's like, all right, well, this is your program year round. Here's what we're doing. Here's what we're about. And here, here you are. It's not just what what shows up on ESPN on Saturday or what shows up on uh, the ACC network uh, for the folks that get it. And at least finally the uh, the Comcast folks will finally get that shit in a couple weeks here. But exactly, a little too I late. Mean, I dropped Comcast over that bullshit. Yeah, well, I, I haven't. I cut the cord a while back. So we do saving a ton of money. Fuck them. Tons of money, tons of sports. I got like fifteen TVs I can put on anytime. Um, but you're, but I like the way you made that point, Tally, especially like Jeremy, even if you don't know Jeremy on Twitter and I'm sewing back, I go back to myself at 22. If I was downtown getting hammered, like 
Okay, I'm going to have a hangover tomorrow. Oh, it's a pharmacy right here. Let me stumble in here and get some Advil so I don't have it as bad. But it makes sense. They look like they have a plan together where the other one, where Brian makes the point, it's, it, we have we have spring season and we have fall. We have nothing in between. And we know fans aren't like that. We want to know constantly what's going on, updates and stuff like that. Yes, so and have- I think that's where the breakdown happens. And Pry is doing a great job. He's getting out in the community and he's doing a lot of things. And don't get me wrong, you would see Fu out and about. Like he would go and he'd get his haircut at like Brownstone uh, Barbershop, which is a few doors down from me. Like you would see him out and about. Like I've got like a sign thing from Fu thanking me for like taking care of a bunch of people in the athletic department. Like he he did do stuff. It's just they it's like they didn't get social media and what they were supposed to be doing. Pride gets it, and Pride's also out there a lot more. I mean, I fucking met him his first day here, and he sent me a signed football. Dropped Damn. in today. Like he just he gets it. Damn, you know that's 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 awesome, Jeremy. Wow. All right, so let me ask this because we're gonna get to Pride in a second, and I gotta know me and Brian. We, we threw ours out there. Y'all heard our list of uh, you know about a month ago. Jeremy, who are your top three before we hired Pride? Who are the three names on your list? Oh God, what was it? Um. <laughs> uh, I was full on the boat. Uh, God, what what was I saying? Elko, Chadwell. <laughs> um, you said no, all type it of wasn't shit. fucking Chadwell. Or Hill. <laughs> it wasn't fucking them. No, it was, I wanted to fucking. Um, we on, were on the Huff train. Huff, Huff, Huff. I wanted, Huff I wanted Huff, but Huff was my second. Uh, and before Huff, I really Maybe. wanted. Well, I didn't think Venables was ever on the table, ever at any point. I'm actually surprised he left. Um, it was he Huff. He seems to shit. Yes, <laughs> I really wanted Huff. Pry was brought up a little bit, but I didn't really pay attention to it because I didn't hear anyone really talking about it. And now we know why because Wit is fucking Wit, and he's good at what he does. But I wanted Huff, Huff a lot. If Huff Freeman? fell through, I was actually semi-okay with Tony Elliott, even though this was not a great year for him. But you all knew I was on the Tony Pony last year. Yes, we so did. I would have been okay with that. I would have really liked Venables. Uh, Jeremy, that said three. <laughs> I know, fuck. Oh, three. I'm trying to work the – who was my number one? I can't even remember at this point. Was, was Freeman in there? Did you have Freeman in there? Freeman? I had Freeman in there, but he wasn't my top choice. Okay. I like Jeremy Freeman a lot. He was definitely right. in the top three. Who was it before Huff, though? Was oh, Napier? Owen Napier. See, I've, I've already forgot about him. He came. After, he went the, to Florida press press after the Florida press conference, you're like, all right, I can't. Nah, I won't race that. I remember. I told y'all. Trying to tell you. He came out and he was just like, oh, well, we'll do that. Don't worry about the stars and all this fucking bullshit. It's just like. Fuck off. <laughs> he was saying the wrong things and he was doing it low energy. It was it was such a weird yeah. presser. What about you guys? Who were some of your guys that you like? Me? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, Freeze was my number one. You know, I was throwing some wild shit out. I was like, Freeze, give me Lane Kiffin. Freeze, Kiffin, uh Tony Elliott, Huff. But it probably in the in the top three would be Freeze, then Huff, then uh, probably Elliot. After that would be my three. Okay. You didn't but, want Napier. Uh, fuck no! I told y'all. I said, listen, y'all keep telling me that Napier should be here. Napier 
he his attitude and how he moved and just things I've seen reminded me too much of Fuente. Okay. You know, and no disrespect to that man, you know. He had a job to do. He came and did it. He just didn't do it how I like to do it. So you can get the fuck on. And I didn't want to bring another motherfucker in to act like him. That's what Napier seemed like to me. That was just me. Yeah. I'm just a fan. No, no, no. But now that we now that we seen him have a presser, because I didn't I didn't look at no shit from Billy Napier for real until you know people started saying, Oh, we may have a chance. And I was looking at his record and then I was looking at this and I was arguing with people about why I didn't think he would be good. And they was like, oh, no, this is a good idea. Then he drops that presser. And I'm like, okay, see, I knew I got a bad vibe off that. <laughs> you knew it Tally said, told you so. Told you so. I need to ask <laughs> Look at him. I don't know if y'all, the, the Sunday after UVA game, if y'all didn't listen to the episode, I was a nervous bleeping wreck because I wanted the coach named ASAP. Like, I need a coach. I need to know yeah. now. We all, we all, yep. we all like me on nerves, pins and needles. Or Brian's like, it's okay, it's got to play out. And I'm like, no, Brian, we're gonna get screwed. We're gonna wind up with Chadwell or somebody like that as our next coach, and we're gonna be like, this sucks. You know we're you on know what, pins though. and needles. We've talked about it that entire time. Yeah, we were a fucking wreck for weeks. <laughs> it was awful. <laughs> Jesus fucking yeah. Christ, it was terrible. Oh my yeah, god, I was ready to have like a fucking yeah. nervous breakdown. Exactly what he said. And then the longer it went on, people start getting more wild and wild. And they was like, oh, JC should, should be the head coach. And I'm uh, like, you know, no disrespect to JC. But I was like, hey, y'all getting a little bit too wild. You know what I'm saying? Y'all just you just throwing there. names down. You just throwing names you like. We throwing some stupid ass shit out. So I know, I know at one point shit. we're making a joke. I'm like, you know, Brian, just throw your name in there. You, you might get that job. Brian, you got it. Man, I'm. Y'all know when that man, I was seeing some shit on Twitter <laughs> and on the boards and shit, and I was like, "Oh my god, we gotta, we gotta do something." Like I'm getting, I was getting nervous. I was with you, Curtis. I was Good. fucked up. Thank y'all. Thank I, y'all. I, I was playing wait and see. I, I figured Wit had something already in the works, and we were just kind of waiting for the right time. So I didn't think we were screwed. I just didn't know if I was gonna like what the name was. So th- right. that was my concern. What we would like is it wasn't gonna be Justin for Winter. That was the only thing we were going to like. It won't going to be Fuente anymore. Then the prior announcement comes through with sneaky ass drops it at 7.45 a.m. for all of us, and we all go crazy. We I knew who he was. Brian knew who he was. We mentioned him on the pod as a dark horse. Did y'all know who he was? Like, y'all heard from him. I didn't know who the fuck that man was. <laughs> <laughs> I had never heard the name. Well, I ain't going to lie. I had heard the name. Go ahead. Go ahead. I – because I listen to y'all, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I listen to y'all and talk to y'all. That's the only reason. But, you know, we got so much shit, which, you know, I don't know. The listeners don't know how much we communicate and stuff. But we have so much wild shit going on true. in our group. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, you got to filter sometimes. You got to filter sometimes. You can't <laughs> take some of the stuff. You know, you can't take some of it, you know, literally. Like, it's so when I seen the name, I, I seen it before, but I ain't do no research. I ain't know who he was. I had never paid attention to Brent Pry before. They was like, okay, Brent Pry's our coach. And then I went, Brian, what the fuck do I need to know? Should I be happy or sad? <laughs> then this motherfucker starts hitting me with all kind of crazy shit. But look at this stat, and he did this, and he did this, and his dick is big. And I was like, oh, okay. Listen, man, Hokey Twitter is wild. Yeah. You know what I'm telling you? 
y'all got to get y'all people under control up there, man. Y'all, y'all be acting like I be the one. No, Twitter is a wild place, man. It is. Just, Although we did find out today that FSU d- has has their own little uh, little okay. lineup of characters too. I think they make us look same. Oh, yeah. <laughs> FSU was a clusterfuck. Oh my god, they made yeah, me feel better up. about our fan base. Kieran went in, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he went, he went hard. I wonder why they cut him off. I wanted the hand. Yeah, I don't. I, what was he God. about to say? <laughs> no, that would have went. Real, he was about to blaspheme real. the uh, the name of Deion Sanders. I think. Probably. Somebody said. A, somebody said a hard ER was coming in there. Somewhere. Oh yeah. Obviously, you, you kind of got an idea who he was, but I know Tally. You just mentioned you went to Brian. Brian fed you some info. What about you? When you kind of started knowing, okay, who he is, what he is, what'd you think of him? Jeremy. Well, the first thing that I looked at was what Penn State fans thought, and they were all distraught. <laughs> distraught. Like, we'd heard his name thrown around a little bit, but you all know how this fucking goes with yeah. everything. We've been through this. Like, yeah. we know how this goes where we're so fucking sure and we're hearing from all of our people and everyone's hearing from their people and we're all sitting around circle jerking each other about what we're going to do. Y'all know how it is. So it it was hard to tell. And then it dropped and I was like, okay. And then I started looking into it and I did not realize what a great damn hire this was. This was a full on wit under the radar hire during a year where actually getting like a big splash hire would probably not have been our best bet because we would have ended up hiring like a big flashy name if we really wanted to and splurged on someone instead of actually going with a really good coach who comes from a really good program with actual experience in programs that know what they're doing on the P5 level while also expanding what we're going to doing do with our staff, with our support positions, with our actual coaching staff. This was a great hire in every single way. Tally, what do you think? What was your first thoughts? After the hire? Yeah. Yeah, after the hire. Yeah, so, um, again, kind of starting, you know, after I got a little bit of information, because at first I was like, we fucked up again. You know what I mean? Like, we got somebody that don't nobody know it's going to be some bullshit. And then after I did a little bit of talking and listening and shit like that, like, Pretty much what Jeremy said, you know, you looked into the roots of who the guy is and, you know, what, where he came from, how long he's been doing it, the experience that he has, uh, the connections that he has. Um, This is before I I feel like we'll get into, you know, what happens when we actually hear him talk. Just looking at him on paper, I was like, okay, you know, then the next thing you want to know is who he's bringing with him and how much money did we spend on him? You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. No, just the initial shock of not knowing really much about him, but doing a little bit of research, I was like, yeah, it's a good hire. You know, I I still reserved saying it was a, a B-plus hire. It's, in my opinion, that's what I thought it was when we first took a look at it. You know, it's changed a little bit now, but I thought it was a B-plus hire. Yep. Yeah, and the, the thing I saw, I'll, 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 let you, I'll let you finish, Curtis. What, what do you got? That's where we were. We were like at a B-plus. It was good. It was established guy. 
He'd been coaching 20-plus years. He'd been at a big program. He'd recruited the shit out of State of Virginia. But it was one of those things, too, and the reason he had on our kind of our dark horse is we look back and he had that time at Virginia Tech in the 90s. He had a time during the foundation. And something that should have set me off, I got a buddy message me, said, this is going to be a John Baylon hire. And I didn't think anything of it. I just thought he'd have his hands in it. Literally, this is a John Baylon hire, right? If I'm pronouncing his name wrong, I'm sorry. But think about that. A guy who was here at the beginning of the run in the 90s and a kid who was here, his first big-time gig in the 90s here. 25 years later, he shows back up. Yeah, the the thing for me that I kind of noticed after the hire, and, like, I liked it initially. I wasn't, like, Again, it, it it wasn't that flashy hire, but I like the fit. I like it from a culture standpoint. But like you were talking about, Jeremy, it, it's rare that when you look at media types talking about a hire, look at coaches talking about a hire, look at fans talking about a hire, and look at fans from the team that he's leaving talking about a hire, and it's pretty much a damn consensus that it's a home run. You don't see that shit often. No. Usually some corner of those four are going to be – Bitching and bitching and complaining about something, and I mean fans are idiots anyway. <laughs> yeah, but but usually you don't have the consensus of the fan base he's leaving, the media, and you know coaches and former players just raving about a hire. Like it's, no. you, you don't usually get that type of consensus. No. True, and this has been really good. And uh, Pry has went out there and Pry's done his work. Like the man is hokey to the bone. And man, it really flipped around. Like uh, we went from a lot of people being like, "Hmm," all it took was a little digging, even even from our fan base, which a lot of times is really questionable. Even the people on the Facebook groups, which, good lord in heaven, that is wow. Facebook is a shit. Those people, <laughs> wow. Shout out to anyone listening on Facebook. We appreciate we like you. Facebook. <laughs> yeah. But what the groups there are a clown show. Yeah, it's a clown show. Right, so if you no, have no clue what they're talking about, it's it's like watching toddlers explain how rockets work. They're, they're so fucking stupid. But Listen, oh I think one of my even they are pretty that. happy about it. He's got all the roots. He's got everything else. I couldn't be happier about it. Like, we'll see how it all plays out in the long end, of course, but. It's it's nice to have someone who gets our culture and not to beat the uh, be heel drum too much. Uh, he always did have a point about culture. He really did. I don't quite agree <laughs> with him on heel. recruiting. Be heel, man. But we've been preaching it. Yeah, stars don't matter. Culture has a lot to do with it. There's a reason <laughs> we've embraced it so much, and that plays into it. the little things do play into it. More donation dollars, more support for the coach more support for the program that plays into everything, not just for the program itself, but also for the community. It means a lot to us. So having someone that gets it and really gets out there and does that, that is next level. That's, that's something that means a lot. And I, I'm glad that pride gets it. Yep. We, so we feel like he gets it in, you know, you talked about he went to the basketball games. He hit the ground recruiting pretty hard. I mean, he kept this class pretty well intact, and we'll hit that in a little while here. But when <laughs> you just heard that open impressor, he's got a little of the it's, – it's a Virginia draw. 
I don't, I don't, there's going to be arguments about it. It's a Virginia draw. It's, it's a Virginia draw with that like Pennsylvania accent behind it. <laughs> but, but when you heard him talk and I think that was what like popped it, like, okay, he gets it. He, he talked about being here and the point Brian made when we first, he got hired, Frank Beamer and Bud didn't have to be there, right? They had to be there for Fuente. They had to. Bud was staying on staff and Frank was stepping down. They didn't have to come to this one, did they? They didn't have to what now? They didn't have to come to that press conference. No. Did they? But they did. Not at all. And they came. No, they they went. Uh, they knew him. They they also, we know what we're doing, and we know that if we are going to uh, bring our guy out, if we have Frank and Bud behind him, it's going to look really goddamn good. <laughs> <laughs> we're not dumb. We know what we're doing. <laughs> Right. That's kind of how I was looking at it, too, because I was like, pretty much, you know, if they hired somebody because, you know, Frank's got a lot of go- lot going on with Shane being in South Carolina. Had a million places he could be, you know, if it wasn't something that he really wanted to be a part of, because you could see which we needed to kind of get away from Beamer a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Because we see them Fuente's first year every game. They talked about Frank more than they did Fuente. But if it would have been somebody who they didn't fuck with at all, yeah, I don't feel like they would have been there. Yeah. So when you seen the emotion is the main thing to me. Like during that press conference, it was some emotion from Pry. It was some emotion from the guys in the in the audience. You know what I'm saying, Frank, Bud, JC. It, it did make a difference. You know what I'm saying. You was like, okay, like that's when I really was like, even after the initial hire, even after seeing you know them talk about the him coming in on the plane and shit like that. Like the presser, when he started talking, like he was like, okay, this dude might be the real deal. You know, some of these motherfuckers who've been feeding me this bullshit may not be so full of shit. You know what I'm saying? It's not all AKA lies. Bullshit. It's not all lies. Yeah. But he did me with the academic support staff, y'all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the he will, like. It's still the wildest exchange I've ever seen. As many people as possible. Like I got to meet him the first day, but that's only because I just happened to catch him while he was at dinner, like meeting literally everyone at the university club. Like people are just. It it was funny that they 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 were so hung up on like. Well, he saw the spirit squad, yeah, because they showed up at the fucking airplane. Drove to the fucking. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't specifically go and show up and say hello to them. They were already there. Man, I've, I've right. been at that airport a lot going up in the ESPN Blacksburg chopper, too. Like, it's it's hard to get in. Try to get my knee and lob in. Go up on the chopper. <laughs> oh, jeezy. Oh, God. So, every are we all we all feel good about it. We all feel like I think he not only understands the recruiting game, he understands – I think he understands X's and O's. I think he understands the value of the community, the fan base. He understands social media. He's not, you know, he's not crazy on it like Derek Jones is. Talk about him later. But Cheetah. He, he knows when to do Cheetah. it. And and if if nothing else, as you as you read that open impressor, in like the second paragraph, JC Price is going to be retained as associate head coach and D-line coach. I, I like you knew kind of right then, like uh, he ain't a dumbass. He knows what he's doing. And then you look back further. Well, shit, he coached a guy. 
And then the Bourbon Street story, which I'd like, Jeremy, you're going to help us get something with Pride and JC one night with all four of us, and we can be like, so what did happen on Bourbon Street in 1995? We want to know what the hookers was hitting on. We want to know what the hookers was hitting on. We want to hear about it. He said what happens is Nolan stays in Nolan's. We want to hear about that shit. We are a family. It was Nolan's stories all the time. Well, shit, dropping that on the presser, it was just like it were like anybody like our age, even younger folks, even older folks. That was so relatable because you oh, know yeah. you have people in your life. Mine is right above y'all named Brian Siegler. We have more than a few moments like that in our life that, yeah, we don't talk about them too much. But it relatable. And then he keeps JC. And then he tells us Pearson staying. And you sit there and it's like for us as fans – like, I was 12 years old when JC played. Pearson was about the same age. You know those names. And it's like, they're staying. It made you like, again, it goes back to the culture piece. Like, this guy understands the culture piece. He understands you've got to have some hokies. It doesn't have to be a staff full of them, but you've got to have people that can teach that. Yes. Keeping JC, I think, was one of the best moves that we did. Also, um, really throwing JC out there and because the man cares and you just feel it after the UVA game, even before that, you could just feel it. I mean, he got up with, uh, Dwight, uh, Vic, I got a random call, like, uh, just Saturday morning and it was Dwight. He was like, Jeremy, (laughs) I was like, Hey, what's up, man? (laughs) I didn't know what Dwight was calling me. Um, he was like, Okay, so JC wants to get up with Nikki Giovanni because he saw the post from the pharmacy because he knew I knew Nikki. And I don't know why he didn't just like go through the usual channels through the university to get a hold of her, but he asked Dwight to get a hold of me to get a hold of Nikki to set up like because you're the plug, man. Look at look at your title on this on this uh screen, man. Lord Dr. Jeremy. I bought <laughs> Bro, you, hey, that's okay. You a, you a legal, you got the best job out of anybody on here. You a legal drug dealer. Getting it in, like it's bad. Man, you out here supplying the world with good drugs, dick pills, and 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 high cholesterol medicine. Dick pills are what really, else can you ask really, really cheap now. They're like a dollar a pill now. Really, it's not bad. Yeah. yeah. It went generic, and the generic companies actually competed, and it went way down. Dollar pill. Dollar pill. Yeah. Yeah. Dollar pill for. (laughs) It's not bad. Um, That's what I thought. When do you need to get worried after you take it? (laughs) What? When do you need to get worried after you take it? (laughs) Four hours. Four hours. Four hours. (laughs) Yep. If you are hard for four hours. Please yeah, that, that's a problem. <laughs> so the sales in your so dick are going to start dying, and it's not going to be fun. You need to go so if I'm slamming it in the door and it still won't go down, I need to get to the hospital. Yes. Okay. And that has it been will, it will become painful. Trust me, you'll want to go to the hospital. Okay, that's what I figured. <laughs> <laughs> it'll get really. Painful. There's a point of diminishing returns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And Eventually, that has been you're the you're just punishing yourself. <laughs> And that has been the erectile dysfunction 
portion of our program sponsored by Main Street Pharmacy. And- I got to ask a question while we on that. Then we're going to go back. I know we're talking football, but I always wonder if a woman if a woman can take a hard dick for four hours, what's wrong with her? <laughs> it's not about that. It's about it staying up longer because sometimes it just stays. That's the problem. Four hours, though? Yes. So you, you done, but you ain't done. That's the problem. Yes, you're done. <laughs> hey, give me good four, give me four minutes. I'm straight. Oh, give me four good minutes. I'm up in there. All right, let's go. Okay. Keep it, going. Um, it hasn't been announced yet, but it seems like everything is pointing to you know, yeah, let me try to let's try to recalibrate. Take a drink. We told Jeremy to do a rim shot at least once. It's gonna be more times. Um right, a what? right now. You're you gonna get Jeremy to do a what? Show him what a rim shot is. Jesus Lord, this man's got dirty. I know what a rim shot is. Rim Don't show me what a rim shot is. Oh, never mind. That's a rim job. Yeah, that close. That's the end close. of the fish. <laughs> it's out right. of control. 57 minutes in is pretty fucking good. Yeah, we're, um, doing, we're doing all right. We're doing we're all right. Doing Ryan Smith, um, not officially retained, but everything's yeah, I mean, he's coming back we gotta know what's going on curtis what's going on with that we don't know no one it's very quiet he's not saying anything i mean he he, he tweeted at some recruits today that committed but it's, it's floated out there it's very little that's coming on i mean y'all know we, we run in the same circles there's not a lot that's really being said about if he's being retained or not and the more it goes on you kind of start getting a little worried right I feel like we need him. I feel like with him and JC, you're holding down Virginia. You've got, you know, Derek Jones probably going to run some North Carolina stuff. You've got um, Bowen, who's announced but not announced, up in Maryland. Quinn's probably going to run some Georgia stuff. And I don't know what the holdup is. You know, I think we all want him, right? Yes. Yeah, I I think Smith was the probably the best – pure recruiter on the staff um, this past cycle. Um, and, and, I, and I don't think that he's at all uh, a liability on the field. I think that's, that's sometimes what you get with a, with a good recruiter. Sometimes they aren't always as sharp on the X's O's as sharp and teaching the, the, the position uh, techniques and things like that. <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know he he's one that that can recruit but he's also not a liability uh coaching his position and i think that's big um it's kind of hard to find guys like that uh off the street especially ones that you've already got a relationship with especially ones that have already recruited your footprint yeah, yeah. So they said they said ryan smith wife fine too i mean no disrespect to ryan smith but <laughs> I know some people that say she work at like a local gym or something now. Maybe she like a personal trainer or something. So I'm Jeremy. hurt to have. Hey, I, it wasn't Jeremy this time. <laughs> well, <laughs> Jeremy can confirm. He, he might be able to confirm. Just send Jeremy to every oh, gym yeah, in the yeah. uh, in the Blacksburg area. I didn't heard it. Yeah, I heard it from some folks. They say his, they say his wife kind of hot. So well, I mean, if you can keep if you can keep a good coach and a hot wife on on the staff. I don't think nobody got a problem with that. So Not at let's all. keep Je- let's get Ryan on there, man. Let's figure out what's going on. Let's hold on to him one way or the other. All right. Well, let's talk about the rest of the staff of the hires we've seen so far. Um, 
did y'all have anybody specifically y'all wanted? Like, I'm still on the freaking thing that I I wanted Josh, you know. Gaddis. 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 Keep that man back close to home. Gaddis. Yeah, I was thinking I was thinking Gaddis would have been a you know good hire. Just a when you when you hire somebody like like Brett Pratt who who does get it, but it's not really like a splash hire. And then we hear about all this money that we have to kind of go towards support staff. I'm like, okay, we're gonna throw that even if it's not like a national name, it's gonna be like a regional name that everybody knows. You know, that's what I expected to kind of come out of it. But um not yet. I don't know none of these motherfuckers that they hired. Honestly, I don't. I don't know none of them. We didn't either. I ain't I never heard of none of them coaches. We I had not either. And and it's funny. I had heard of Bowen and I had heard of Derrick Jones, but I only heard of them secondhand. Um I had never heard of Chris Marv. Um <laughs> I had heard of Chris Marr because he played at Vanderbilt. Like he was a beast when he played at Vanderbilt, okay. so I knew his name from there. Yeah. But I didn't I didn't know where he was coaching it and shit like that. Yeah. Like I didn't know much about his coaching style and all that shit. Yeah. I, I, I was talking about Joe Brady. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's the name. I was like, that's I was like, you know, he's got a he's got a previous relationship with Pry. Um you know, if we drop a bag on that side of the ball, we don't need to drop a bag on the defensive side of the ball just because Pry can kind of work his guy in there as he goes. Maybe we drop 1.2 or higher on, on that side of the yep. ball, pull in a Joe Brady after that whole Carolina shit went down. Joe Brady, shout out the shout out the Darlex. Joe Brady. <laughs> Joe Brady. I don't even want to talk about that day. Coach got very high that day. And actually, where is Joe Brady? What's Joe Brady? Has he has he got a is he still on the radar? He, nah, he's still unemployed, Darlax? man. He's still unemployed. Yeah. What? No. Nah, where is Darlax with them lies? <laughs> oh, where is he? Okay, is? y'all. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, so let's talk about who we got. First of all, I want to hear who wants to somebody give me their first impression of Derek Jones, the cornerback coach. <laughs> Ooh. Derek Jones is live. That motherfucker. Wow. He talks about cheetah. Motherfucker, I used to call like four locos pretty much fermented cheetah blood. He is the embodiment of OG four locos. I love this man. I love <laughs> this coach. He's exactly what I want out of coaches. I fucking love him. Bring more of him. What about you, Dally? Yeah. Man, you know. Keeping it real, like it'd it be a bit much for me. You know what I'm saying? Like the cheetah shit be a bit much for me. But I like I like what he do. You know what I'm saying? I like him being engaged. I like as soon as he got here, like he got to work. Yes, but it kind of fucked me up because once he got to work like that, I was like, okay, everybody else need to be like this. So, you know, Marv kind of came in and he kind of, you know, he'd been chilling. We ain't seen him like that that much. I'm like, hey man, he set the pres- he set the bar high when he came through because like, yeah. as soon as his feet hit the ground, this motherfucker was running. It's like he, so, it's like he got the job, and it's like Blacksburg's a place to be. Coach Prize, where we're at, let's go. Yeah, and, let's go. I mean, it, 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 he he was literally all gas once he got the job, all gas. And no breaks. 
You love a guy like that because you need energy guys. Cheetah print like sports coats the other night. Yeah, he broke. He broke that. I was like, all right, we 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 got ourselves a cornerback coach now. Yes. (laughs) They don't make a lot of maroon cheetah print things, but. You're gonna find some. You you can get some custom things. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely. I mean, that that that's a that's a market segment. Somebody's got to populate. Yeah, man, we need maroon cheetah print. We need we it right need now. It right now, but let's get it. Get like, Barry Jones. In. I mean, he's got the high energy, but he's got your philosophical. You know what? You wake up in the they morning. They got plenty of orange cheetah print tally. <laughs> oh yeah, I definitely. You know, I'm all on that. <laughs> if somebody tally an orange cheetah print shirt, he would wear it. To the first game. I'm taking. Game. Hey, if anybody listening got anything orange, cheetah print, Virginia the three X. I'm putting that shit on. There we go. Jumpsuit, onesie with the ass out. It don't matter. Damn right. I'm wearing all of. What you got? I gotta get my Zubaz pants out. There you go. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> I, say, I say this though, Derek Jones also someone. If you wake up in the morning and you having a struggle day, like you can't find motivation. What is it like? Seven thirty to eight thirty. It's like about a hour of a constant stream of very motivational get your mind right quotes like you read some of the stuff he says and i know the cheetah print and all this stuff is fun loving you see his high energy but you read that shit like it seems like he's got the balance of what you need to be a coach now sean quinn a little different sean quinn loves jesus i love jesus and quinn's background though man y'all tally you played down at jacksonville state you know Savannah State, right? They were mm-hmm. shit. They were, mm-hmm. they were literally the worst, one of the worst fucking programs in college football. And that guy mm-hmm. went there and he won two years, won eight, like what, nine and eight games. Yeah. I think that guy. And more than that, and more than that, he left. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He left there to come here to Virginia Tech to take. We don't even know what he coached. We don't know what he's coaching yet. You know what I'm saying? Like, he got to trust somebody in there. He got to trust Proud or one of the other coaches to be able to pretty much leave where he at as kind of a legend because nobody wasn't doing that shit where he was at. You know what I'm saying? So for him to go there and do that and then say, all right, fuck it. I'm going to go up here and see what I can do. Yep. Hit the ground. And, and he and he hit the ground running. You know, like he's he, he popped up with his first day of school picture <laughs> with his book bag. You know what I'm saying? Like. He a little different than Derrick Jones, but he he did. He, he <laughs> we we gotta he find him a him. a polo that, that that fits his body shape yes. right. Yes, you know, but you know what, man? Like the 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 people that's the happiest right now is the fucking camera crew, the media people. Like I know them motherfuckers is ecstatic. Like shout out the, Pete. the whole early <laughs> man, the, the whole early signing day crew now in kind of the war room and stuff. We ain't seen that shit in six years. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know them camera guys been itching to just be, oh yeah, let me get this. Let me get you talking on the phone to a, a, a recruit or a commit. They, we ain't had that. And for a fan, we get excited about shit like that. Yeah. We we, 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 we saw the same workout videos and practice videos for six years. Yeah, we tired of that bullshit. Workout Monday, Friday with Taco Tuesday. We don't give a fuck about none of that shit. <laughs> Give us some shit with some substance behind. I love Big Squat Friday as much as everybody, but I mean, at some point, give me something different. Give me something different, man. We want to, you know, I don't know what the shit. What they they was on some. We ain't talking much about that old stuff, but they was on some nut shit. They was on some bullshit. I was like, hey, get them motherfuckers up out of here. But now when these coaches come in, 
You know what I'm saying? They're giving us so much good content yeah. that it's like, for me, it's kind of like you've been captive. You're like, oh, man, they trying to do something to us. You know what I'm saying? They're giving us – they're too nice to us. It's like you're trying to hold back. He gonna pull the rug you don't want to get too invested. You don't want to get too invested and get hurt. You know what I'm saying? That's kind of how it's – where I'm at. Because, like, when I seen the stuff today, because I've always got up for, you know, signing day, early signing day. That's a, a football fan. That's your dream, you know, to be able to kind of – you know, I'm, I'm at work. I think I text Brian earlier, like, Hey, I'm getting it in. I got my laptop up. I got my work computer up. I got my phone and I'm taking a look at all this stuff. But usually from what we've seen, I mean, you got to, okay, he's in. Okay. He's in like even the videos that they shot now was so much better. Is it just me? Am I bullshitting? Like the video was even so much better just with what we had today than we've had in the last six years. So I'm just hoping that they continue like, progressing with it you know you got to change with the times you got to change it like that's what kids like that's what kids want to see yeah. i ain't saying that on the field don't matter but i you know i get into the people with the arguments on that about jerseys and uniform colors and shit like that like man that shit that's what what's popping is what people want to see you know we we don't want to get yeah, on and here i think and see the no big thing like yeah and, and the thing for me like it seems like there's a plan from that side of things now like the, the staff mm-hmm. is in on the plan they're contributing to the plan um it's not just the the media team saying all right are you willing to do this are you willing to do that it's it's the staff is saying hey we got this going down bring some cameras in here let's get this thing going right it, 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 like feel, it feels like there's a plan on the coaching staff side that's understanding how to use media to sell the program it I mean, it's like exactly. what Neil was saying. Like, we used to look at this shit from other programs and be like, that's lame as balls. Who the fuck cares? We didn't care. And then we actually started getting it with our program with like the coach reacting to like someone committing. And it's just like, now we're like, oh, fuck. There's a motion. This is There's what that feels there. like. Like, and we're eating it up and we're like, let's reflect on a lot <laughs> of things. A lot of things yeah. we've been doing. For Think about everything the last six years we've been deprived of from a fan perspective of seeing that. And you talk I about Ron. I felt like they just had the the way it looked to me. As many people was in that room today, it, it's like they just brought the social media and that whole staff in and said, "Y'all fucking just hang out in here with us. We're going to be getting calls from these kids. We're going to be we're going to be you know getting the faxes. We're going to be throwing stuff up on the board. We're going to be chit chatting." And just and catch it's it that it. fucking simple. Yes, <laughs> yeah. come in and hang out. Yeah. And then yeah. when something, I know, happens, but like, I'm not going to trash the former staff. I'm not going to do it. I will. <laughs> <laughs> you will. He will. <laughs> but you have we'll to talk go ahead. next year about that. Because yeah, I, well, I think I think the thing we always talk about, we've talked about it a bunch of times on here. I know we talk about it when we, when we chat outside of here, like t- taking the layups. Take the layups. They're they're there. The Just layups. take the damn layups. God's sake, take the layups. All right. Let me ask you about this. Because we're gonna jump to the next guy real quick. You say Chris Marv was a beast at Vanderbilt. How the hell did Vanderbilt get a beast? You explain that to me first. <laughs> Man, I don't know. You know, every now and then, like schools like that will just have somebody who just I think they had like a tight end last year or the year before last, I think his name was maybe Zach Cunningham or something Cunningham. Like Vanderbilt, schools like that will just have somebody that just, 
when you watch them, like they stand out so much from everybody else on their team because I don't know how they get there. They just got, you know, more talent than everybody around them. And uh, I think Marv, I, I'm, I, I have to look it up to see. I think he made like all, S, all SEC team like three years in a row, four years in a row, something like that. Yeah, he was a monster. And another thing, that was around, you know, everybody played uh, NCAA. Like, that was when NCAA was popping. So, I was getting – I was, I was, you know, you don't want to take your favorite team every time you do one. So, you pick a sorry-ass team. Oh, yeah. And oh, Vanderbilt was one of them. And I think Marv is like, I got to check for sure. But I think he played linebacker. He was maybe like number 13 or some shit like that. Um, and 13 was jumping off the film on that, man. Shit, let's get it in. Commodores, <laughs> baby. National championship every year. That's awesome. That is very awesome to hear. Um, the, the We haven't got the – we only had one official – Tyler Bowen's name's out there. Not official. He's down at the Jags. Although after what happened with Urban Meyer today, apparently kicking people. What and, the uh, fuck is going on in Jacksonville, man? Urban Meyer on some nut shit, man. God <laughs> dang. Urban about to fake a heart attack again. And he is about, he's about to be out there. So he's kicking kickers. Dabo is what he is. Dabo, who just went up there and went to the NFL and fuck him because he doesn't know what to do whenever he can't buy the right recruits. That's all it is. He's a piece of shit. He cannot compete on a level playing ground. Fuck Urban Meyer and fuck Dabo and fuck Dabo forever. And everyone out there who is really upset every time I say fuck Dabo because they look Saint Dabo. Dabo is using a church to launder money. Fuck all y'all who like Dabo. Fuck every one of you. Go to hell or whatever fucking place you believe in. Yeah, like, what did he say? <laughs> I just don't like. He yeah. used the shooting against us to recruit, and I know that. Yeah. And Dabo's a piece of shit, and I will forever say that. I yeah, Dabo wants some nut shit right now. He on that complaining about the everything. You know what I'm saying? Like the transfer portal and shit. Like everybody ain't got to deal with it. Like man, you've been you've been riding high for years, stealing recruits from other people and getting people to transfer in or whatever they doing. And then now all of a sudden you like, oh, this shit ain't working because it ain't working for you? No, man. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. He's mad that he doesn't have the best way to get money to recruits anymore. That's all he's yeah, mad about. Get now. your ass out but, of here. Yeah, he, he, he got Dion playing uh, chess while he's still playing right. checkers. He doesn't he doesn't know how to work the portal. He's losing everybody. Everybody. Yeah. No offensive coordinator, no defensive coordinator. The AD left his ass. He's just sitting yeah. there. And it, it, regardless of what you say, I don't think Dabo's a good coach. I think Dabo's a like like Urban Meyer. I think he knew how to get recruits. I think he does know how to motivate. I don't Dabo think he knows how to coach like a shit. I think he just had the best yep. players. Obviously, you have two basically NFL quarterbacks for the better part of eight years. You should win a lot of fucking games. Yeah. And don't forget he had Taj Boyd too before that. He's good at evaluating talent, both staff and players. That's what he's best yeah. at. I was good at evaluating the shift of everything. When Tosh Boyd came into Blacksburg, I never thought he would perform like he did. That was the shift of everything in the ACC. It was, was when Tosh Boyd stepped into Blacksburg. 2010, well, 20, no, 2011. 2011 lanes, what, 23-3? We couldn't score a freaking point with Logan against him? And, mm, 
Yep. They just stacked Logan the box to take out uh, David Wilson, and then pretty much Logan couldn't get the ball downfield, and they were able to score. Story of that damn year. Logan was Logan did pretty good that year, but imagine if we didn't have to burn Tyrod's red shirt. Imagine if we didn't burn Tyrod's fucking red shirt. And put Logan Thomas at tight end. We still blaming ECU? Ball. Yes. No, LSU. You blame LSU and you, you blame LSU. for that shit. You can blame ECU the next year. No, he, he'd already burned it. I mean, Tyrod was going to be the way to win. I'll always say this, and y'all might get mad and pissed, and Brian, they might tell you kick me off. Frank was more concerned about winning 10 games than setting himself up for the national title run a few years later. That's actually not a bad argument. It, because because if eleven happens and it's it's Tyrod, it's David Wilson. We had a solid O line that year. The defense was better in eleven than it was in ten. Danny Cole, Boykin, put Logan Thomas at court at tight end. That would have they would have they would have wrecked Clemson's ass probably. It yeah. wouldn't have been twenty three three. It would have been forty three twenty three Tech in both games. Not, add to the fact that you'd have had Logan at tight end in twenty ten as well. God, he was. A- He's such yeah. a fuck. That dude deserves everything that's ever given to him. I know. Yeah. Everything. He's a monster. He is a monster. And like, like grinded through changing positions in the NFL. You imagine how much that takes. Like, yeah. I was a quarterback from the time what he was probably in ninth grade until a senior in college. I got drafted. They tried me at quarterback for two years. So ten years I was quarterback, and then all of a sudden, like, you might be a tight end. All right, I'll do it, and then not only do it, but do it at a high level. That man did he play? Did he play? Did he play tight end in in high school? Though he didn't play tight end at all. Quarterback in Brookville. They they projected him to tight. end. They projected him tight end just because of his size. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Yep. So he played basically ten years of quarterback, flips it, becomes essentially a a, not all pro, a, a Pro Bowl tight end. Screwed his knee up this year, which sucks. All right, yeah. we've already talked about it once. The portal's there. There's going to be guys in and out. Tay Robinson did it to us today. He gutted us. He's going to Kentucky. I'm still trying to figure out why he's going to Kentucky when they run the ball like 78% of the time if he's trying to get in the field right. looks. I, I digress. Good luck to him. He's a Hokie. Once a Hokie, always a Hokie. Um, we know we need to get a quarterback. And I'm checking every day in the portal and seeing who's out there. Let me ask y'all. Give me one position, Jeremy, you think we got to go after in the portal. And then, Tally, you give me one. What's it, Tally or me? Whoever. Jeremy, you lead. And let, let, let. Okay. Um, first thing we got to do is we got to go out. And Braxton, the issue is right now is I don't know how good he could possibly be. Because Braxton wasn't allowed to – do anything. That's true. <laughs> I think the problem with Braxton is that there's going to be limitations even in the best know, case I scenario. I want to quarterback, but awesome. I'm not going to trash my boy. I'm not going yeah. to trash him. I mean, he's he's got arm strength concerns. He's got injury concerns. Those are two things that probably aren't going to change with the new offensive system. Now, yeah. will he that be better? Could he be better in a different offensive system? Absolutely. Concern. Let me give the caveat beforehand, and let me say that's my primary concern is quarterback right now. We need quarterback performance. Can Braxton do that? I don't know. 
we have to address that. That is the number one. We also have to go down and we have to look at wide receiver. We have to do that. We're losing Trey. And I don't know if y'all know this, but um, we have someone going to Kentucky now. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that, that Jeremy feeling good over there. Hey, yes, put the drinks is. down, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Shit, that shit's starting to get to your head. No. Hey, Tally, what about? No, you? I yeah, just don't no. want to say anything about it because I know these kids. I just don't. Yeah, definitely, definitely, man. We ain't gonna trash the kids. You no, know, I'm they not, doing what man. they think they're supposed to do for themselves. It's kind of like we have if you're looking at it from a football perspective, it's like everybody loves Tyrod, right? But if you look at Tyrod's game, he's injury prone. That's not trash and Tyrod. That's just what it's been. Yeah. Every year he has some kind of injury. That's what's happening in the Braxton. You can't think about building a season behind Braxton because he's injury prone. He's had this happen to him every year. So we got to address the quarterback, number one. You know, I feel like quarterback is the main concern for us. And even if Braxton is your number one, who you got behind him? Knox is gone. You got Blumbrick. He threw, what, one pass this year? You know, he ain't through he, he ain't yeah, he ain't completing no passes and then similar to what Jeremy said, why receiver? I mean, we we are gutted at those positions. You know what I'm saying? Our, our roster management and you know our the portal it's took its toll. Yeah. We don't have any receivers. You know, I ain't gonna say we don't have any receivers because a lot of those kids that are there are young. I feel like they work hard. We just don't know what they can do. We haven't seen them, and we're not gonna have a lot of a lot of experience. You know, if Caleb Smith is still there, what is he? He looks good in some games, but we're not throwing him the ball. We've seen Lofton a little bit. We've seen Jones a little bit. Man, we got to get some receivers in there to help him. So, yeah, quarterback and receiver. That's my answer. I'm with that. Like, hey, he needs a quarterback that'll throw to him. Is what was told. Fucking day, he's gonna go somewhere, but and then he goes to Kentucky. It's not really about that. What's Kentucky have? They're not gonna give him all these like highlights. They're not gonna give him all this. I mean, they may have given him a good NIL package, but we could have given him that. I don't know what's going on with a lot of the transfer portals, and you can't get in these kids' minds. Yeah, I mean, some of it's SEC. I mean, I think the eyes that the SEC brings to your game, regardless of whether you're getting a bunch of touches, there's a lot more eyes, both NFL and otherwise, on those SEC games. So that I think that matters. Yeah, I don't never really, you know, like I said, it's hard to talk about that stuff without, like, really calling a kid's name and, you know, getting involved in their shit. But it's like when Hazleton was at Virginia Tech, I totally understand why you want to leave, you know, because of the coaches or you got some shit going on that you don't like, or they're saying that you're a certain type of person. Or I wasn't behind the scenes. I don't know exactly. I just know the stories I hear. But you leave and go to Mizzou. And what do you really do there? Like, yeah, it's so many places I feel like he could have shined, even if it wasn't Virginia Tech. Like, just being in the SEC doesn't – that don't get you paid. It's true. You know? It's true. That's just how I feel, you know? Yeah. Like, I feel like if Hazleton would have stayed at Virginia Tech, I don't, I don't know what would have happened for him. I, th- I think – You know, even – go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, I think it was just the way the coaching staff was. 
think yeah. that's that's one of the bigger pieces is was the former coaching staff. And I think with Tavion now, I think he just – again, I, I kind of joked he's going to Kentucky where they run the shit out of the ball. But I think one of the other big pieces, though, is it's that chance to get a clean break, right? Right. Clean break. I can go somewhere else. You know, we don't know everything they need there. So, and in some cases, it's okay. He's probably got his degree. Good for him. It is That's my big thing. If you jump in the portal, like, after your freshman year, like, you're, you're behind yourself because eventually what's going to happen, and we've seen guys – to happen to guys, they sit there and they get in the portal. I'm gonna go somewhere else, and then nobody comes and calls. And now it's like you're in the portal now. You can't stay at your school and get your scholarship and finish your degree out. You got to pay for it on your own. You got to find a place you can get into. So I hope you kept your grades up. Now to other position, quarterback obviously is number one. We got to find somebody with some experience, with some plan. I also think defensive line. Because you kind of think about this. You got Jordan Williams going, Amari going. You've got, you know, I'm missing somebody. There's two or three more guys going. I feel okay about linebackers. I feel okay about the secondary. I think defensive line this year where it was a semi-strength, if we don't go get a couple guys in the portal, and I know we got we offered some uh, FCS kid today who's a defensive end. I think that's just as important. Um, let's, let's go what big happened today, national signing day. I'm sure it affected everybody's workload. Um, let me ask this feelings on the loss of Ramon Brown and orgy. Let's start with you, Tally. How you feel about losing those two guys literally the day of and the day before signing day? It's crazy. It's crazy to me. It's like, you know what I'm saying? I kind of – I don't know, man. Like, losing Orgy, I feel like that was going to happen anyway. With him being a Texas quarterback, I didn't – even if he showed up on campus. Uh, that's just me. I didn't feel like he was going to be there. Ramon kind of hurt a little bit just because, you know, with him being a Virginia kid, there's been so many Virginia running backs that came through that we didn't get, you know. And when we finally had one committed and stay committed that long, it's like – okay, we're moving in the right direction, and then he he flips. You know, that definitely hurt. But what I do respect him for is that he did it yesterday. You know what I'm saying? He didn't do it. He didn't do it on early signing day. You know what I'm saying? I feel like he went ahead and told him. So it was kind of out of there. So kudos to him for that. You know, and it happens. I ain't saying that he would have been any worse of a person if he did flip today. But the fact that he did it yesterday, you know what I'm saying? He kind of gained some cool points for me. You know, sometimes some kids leave and I'd be like, all right, fuck them. You know what I mean? But, you know, I still root for Ramon Brown. He did what he thought he needed to do for himself. And I feel like he kind of did it the right way. So I, I ain't mad at him. But it, it, it hurt a little bit just with him being a, you know, a high-ranked Virginia running back. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dallas got a good point. Um, we didn't have people tossing our hats in the floor. Yeah. It's happening a lot today. <laughs> like, that was pretty good. Um Ramon, go up and have fun with fucking Maryland, I guess. <laughs> fucking Maryland? <laughs> you get a ghost but then the thing, fucking Maryland? But then the thing is, like, yeah, the thing that eases, the, eases it a little bit more is that, like, we got 
Well, number one, Thomas came in last year and did a or this year did a pretty good job. So with him being a freshman, you know, that that helps that we feel like okay, we at least got some kind of future there. And we got 19 fucking running backs. So if you're gonna have somebody flip, you know, let it be a running back. Yeah, I I mean you got Malachi Malachi burned his shirt, but then you got um, you know, we got we have Really, what three running backs in the last cycle? That you got Marco Lee still back there. You got uh, Kenji, which I've seen Kenji play. Live. the mentality, but their fucking mascot looks like a turtle, fuck a fucking squirrel. Like Jesus fucking Christ, it's fucking Maryland. Go somewhere <laughs> decent, Jesus fucking Christ. Oh hey, Maryland, God. hey, Maryland. Commits out there. You, Maryland was flipping shit today. Hey, Maryland, Maryland, Maryland flipped was like three, four stars today, and then they're going to go six and six why the next three years. That fucking happened. You they all know why that happened. They going like three and nine. Y'all the might so did you hear? Did you hear the story? Did y'all hear the story of the kid that flipped from South Carolina to Maryland? Yeah, all the Shane shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like that, some that. people haven't so, seen that yet. See, shit like Shane, that. Shane got a call right after dude committed, and he's like, yeah, he's planning on flipping to Maryland. <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> then he did, Maryland. The kid kept saying, That's yeah, I, I, you know, South Carolina's home, South Carolina's home, up to the day before, and then still pull that shit. That, that's wild. Yeah. That, yeah. No, that's, it was all about know. his money. Fucking money. Yeah. That's all that was. That's what it is. And listen. I, I'm still wondering how Mike Loxley has a job, how you got a second head coaching job. The guy is 14 and 49 in his whole career. 14 and 49. That guy could put together five, 10 win seasons and still be under 500 in his coaching career. So yeah. here's what I'm thinking, y'all. Just put your heads together here. He's going to get fired in two years. Let's go get him to be our head recruiter. <laughs> for about three or four years. My man is recruiting guys to play for him to go to win four games every year. Exactly. Man, recruiting his ass off. We got to give him that. So, hey, let's go get it. I don't know what it's it is. just money, man. Hey, but Mike, bring your Mike, bring your ass on down here. Damn right. Now, <laughs> flip works both ways, though. And we stole from the cousins down sixty four today. Their second highest commit and probably one of their better defensive prospects. Um kind of softens the blow a little bit, right? Because Brody Meadows, his highlight, people were telling me he's soft, he's soft, he's soft. I saw the kid's highlight tape today. When he locked on a defender, and I think that was stuff this year, right, Brian? I was looking at today. Yeah, uh, most of the tape I had watched was junior tape. Uh, I hadn't watched any senior tape on him. Um, It's better. Um, It definitely looks like he's He's not. nasty. Yeah, I'm more worried about his bend. he, yeah, I, I, exactly. he's not very flexible. He doesn't look like he's very quick out of his uh, out of his stance. So we'll see if that can be yeah, approved. Curtis, you that's, had, that's something Curtis, you had one so. person telling you he was soft. Curtis, you had one that's person. That's true. Out of all your friends, that's nobody true. else. That's true. That's true. Everybody else, everybody else that you know just said that he's stiff, and <laughs> you know he's not. He's slow, but he he's six seven, three hundred and some pounds or three hundred pounds, but. Nah, I don't think he's soft. You know, like you said, kind of watching some of his stuff, I don't think that he's soft. I just think that, you know, he's not very athletic. But he can. he's got stuff that you can't teach. So if he gets with the right coach, I think some good stuff could happen. You can't teach. And, hey, like I told people, hey, as long as we steal him, if you're going to – I'd rather take a, a no-star kid from Virginia 
and go to fucking Germany and get a player. Why the fuck would you go to Germany to pick up an offensive lineman and you're in Virginia? You know how many white boys this corn fed out there that you can open the door and say, hey, come in here and block? And you go to fucking Germany to get a player. What the fuck are we doing? That's in my Fuente and Cole were playing that four to four uh four D chess, man. Seven like, yeah, nah, you know where no one's shit. looking? No one's looking in Germany. We're gonna go get a Germany kid. That's where no one's looking. We can win that battle hands down. And I Look mean Germany, man. That's yeah. another problem. I think, you know, I mean, I know we're we're trying not to trash the previous staff as much here at this point, but <laughs> I feel like they didn't try to go win battles, man, in, in the recruiting. Like once 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 a big dog stepped in the ring, it was like, all right, well, we're on, was to gone. The on to the next. Yeah, he was out of there. That was the stories, right? You'd hear him be like, oh, well, Clemson – like, what, Sarad Cubble was that way, right? That's the stories we heard. Yeah. Like, oh, Clemson started As soon as so Clemson we- gave them a, him a committable offer, we backed off. No. Yeah. Scared as well. Like, why? And see, that's where you get the mindset of that – you know, we some kind of fucking deaf and blind school. We don't have the money, and nobody's we are not guiding like, that. We can recruit players here. Come on, man! You can recruit people. You can recruit players. You got to build some relationships. You got to get out here and go to the barbershop and the barbecues and bullshit like that. You got to be able to talk to talk with some of these kids, man. Like you got to be able to go into their houses in these bad neighborhoods and feel at home. That's what it is. Wente was not that guy. No. You know what I'm saying? And no disrespect to him. That man, he, he like I said, he 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 had a job to do. He didn't do a fucking good job of it, but um he he just he he had like he had a stick in his ass. You know what I'm saying? Like I know if he came to some and I'm not like some you know hard ass or something like that where I can just go anywhere and ain't scared of shit. No, I'm I'm scared of a lot of shit. You already talked about West Virginia. He, he, <laughs> if I gotta go somewhere and do my job, I'm gonna go somewhere and do my job. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I done delivered some cars to some fucked up ass places. You know, seriously. Again, y'all know where I'm from. Yeah. Hey man, I need you to deliver this car and I need you to pick this up. And I done did it. You know, I worked for AT and T for a while. I had to go in people's houses and sell them cell phones. I had to be in some fucked up places, but that was my job. You know what I'm saying? So whenever I heard, oh well, he don't want to go here, or he don't want to go here, or he don't do this. Oh, we ain't sending nobody there. I'm like, man, what the fuck we doing? So yeah. Brent Pry and his crew seem like they at least doing that. You know what I mean? It seems like they going into the the highways and the hedges and trying to get into some shit. They in houses, they're in houses, they're in schools, they're reconnecting with some of the coaches that I feel like kind of got pushed to the to the side um in a lot of cases. Um uh, I feel like unless we really had a target on a guy we weren't in the school like if, if he wasn't already right. at the top of our board we weren't going in the school we weren't right. we weren't paper in the area yeah it's just like you talked about brody meadows earlier you know what i'm saying his team played in the state championship and they got the kid uh bradshaw on their team that we should have been on we own them. but yep. we own them now like you you gotta yeah, get, yeah, yeah, yeah it don't matter yeah it don't it don't matter how we look at it as fans that's been looking at a program and looking at football for 36 years. Yep. It don't matter how I feel about a kid. If a kid like a Brody Meadows is a four-star or a three-star, sometimes a two-star, most of the people that see them, they're the best fucking football player that they've ever seen. You know, 
Brody Meadows is probably the the best football player that anybody in that town has seen in a long time. Exactly. Or he's probably got the most coverage. You got to be able to go talk to them. You know, like Graham wasn't fucking with us, man. Like, I remember they put some on Twitter. Yeah, they put some on Twitter like, uh, he didn't even give us an offer. Yeah, they, you know, they were big you. mad that we didn't even get yeah. a look. They were big mad. So now, so now you go and you get, you know, you give Brody an offer, you know, that's a four-star lineman that you don't know how he's going to turn out. You give him an offer, and then now we in the running for the Bradshaw kid, who I think is going to be like a Daz Newsome type player. Yeah. We missed out on Daz because we slow playing. Yep. You know, look at the kid who they played against in the championship. What's the Kings for? He played somewhere. King, Whoever King Graham Williams. played in. King William. The kid that's going to wait for us. Beast. He a beast. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, we ain't even offering kids like that. So exactly. when you get people, you get people like. Like Brennan Hill, who talk about, you know, stars don't mean nothing. I think what he really is trying to say is there's a lot of kids in a lot of places that y'all know that y'all have walked in in Virginia that people just ain't highly recruiting that we can get and we can bring the tech and they can show out, man. They really could. Because if a Daz Newsom would have got the Virginia Tech, I feel like he could have did exactly what he did in North Carolina. Who cares about what his rating was? What was his rating? Probably an 83? 84. Uh, that's a legitimate point, and I agree with you 100%. My issue with what B Hill did does is it is full. Oh, no, stars don't matter. No, it's all this. No, he is right to a certain point, to a certain yeah. point, dead on, because there is a lot of under-recruited talent around that is so fucking good, especially in the 757 and 804. They are so goddamn good, but they're unrecruited. But that goes for a lot of other places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the amount there, oh my god, it's a hotbed. We have to actually go in, and we actually have to take these kids and develop them, and take them, bring them in. And get them into our culture. Yeah, yeah you got to think about it. Our, our offensive lineman, our yeah, offensive lineman that we've had for the last couple of years. Who was our best offensive lineman last year? Christian Dershaw. Christian Dershaw. Yeah, Where he come yeah, from? Just, Where he come from? What was he rated? What, nowhere, what was he rated? Nowhere, man. Dershaw was too low, low three. Low yeah. three. Yeah. Okay. Who was our best offensive lineman this year? Probably Cade Moore. <laughs> man. Exactly, Kate Moore. Maybe, you know, Lucita Smith yeah. before he got hurt, yeah. Danuta, you know what I'm saying? But anyway, if you go across that board, we didn't have no five-star lineman. So I ain't saying what, what when when somebody like B. Hill gets on his tangent, and I hate to keep bringing him up, when he goes off on his soapbox about shit like that, I feel him to a certain extent because – but do what I do tell him because I, I talk to Hill yeah. outside of Twitter. Like I talk to him on the phone and shit. But I tell him outside of that is, yeah, y'all had a lot of two-star players, but you had Tyrod that was a fucking five-star. You had yeah. Ryan Williams. You got to be able. David was a four. Evans who was. A you got to be able. When you get one or two of them type of players, yeah, they can carry some of them three stars, and them three stars gonna elevate what they doing. Yeah. When you got you know somebody back there who is a beast like David Williams, uh, excuse me, David Wilson running the ball, yeah. that the, the line, the line just they mesh together and they. They did what they had to do for him to get his yards. Yeah, so, and I, I can speak to that because uh, 
I played on some lines in my day that across the board they weren't good, but when you got a running back behind you that's kind of game changing, you yep. you make you make things work. You work as a as a unit a little bit better when you know a guy behind you is probably gonna make a play for you if you aren't oh. quite where you need to be. I mean, I, I had yep. Alonzo Coleman in the backfield. He played at Hamden. Uh, undrafted free agent for the Cowboys a couple years. Um, you know, I, I blocked for him in high school, and we didn't have the best line. But you know, when, when you got somebody like that behind you that you know you can make a play, you know, you just you, you give it a little bit more, and you communicate a little bit better with the guys around you, and it just comes together sometimes. I'm gonna make a point. We all are talking about like getting in there, recruiting, and everything. I listened to Prize Presser today, and something he talked about was like, I went up and we visited Brights, Duke, and Harrison St. Germain, but we hit two or three other schools while we were up there. And the point was made was just because we don't have a guy coming here from there doesn't mean there's not somebody there. That's how you get those three stars where ninth grade, he, he kept mentioning ninth grade, ninth grade, ninth grade. You go in there and you see a kid popping in ninth grade. You immediately can make that relationship, right? You get to know mom. You're in Virginia. You get to know mom. You get to know dad, the barber, brother, uncle, his trainer, his coach, his teachers. And by his junior year, when he is ripping up fields, and you go, and you're his first offer in the door, and other schools come knocking, the relationship's built. Could they break the bond? Yeah, they could. But at least you're attempting. You're attempting to build something. You're attempting to understand we're going to get in here and when, I don't know, I I throw Lauren Johnson out there because we all know who he is. When Lauren Johnson has a ninth grader coming in, I want the first call when that kid starts popping, hey, Brent, you need to drive down this weekend. I got somebody to show you. Click. Starts there. Um, Right now we're ranked 30th. What's y'all's expectation next year? We're gonna probably we're gonna probably be somewhere between twenty five and thirty, depending on who else we sign. Where's y'all's? Where should we be next year? Expectations for twenty twenty three signing class. We're sitting here a year from now. We bringing y'all back on. Go ahead, book your calendar. I don't know what date it'll be. Book your calendar. We're gonna bring y'all on. We're gonna talk about signing day. Where do y'all think we should be next year? Nineteen. Nineteen. All right. Give me give me nineteen. Top twenty. Jeremy. Sunday. Twenty twenty. Just sometime in December twenty twenty two. We're signing the, the class of twenty three. Where do you think we He's should so be? lit right now? <laughs> he is so lit right now. I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> He's He's only begun to think. If we're doing that, we're probably going to be around 30. You're going to say 30 again. Okay. I wanted to be optimistic, but no one's letting me be optimistic. Hey, Tally's saying 19. Tally's being really 19. You can go higher, man. I was trying to go avenues. Trying to be a realist. Justify it to myself. Yeah, I, that's fair. That's fair. Listen, I'll take 22. I'll take 22. Give me about eight four stars. Give me about 13, 14, three stars. That's that's where yeah. I want to be. And that, that might get us higher depending on the year. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. It, depending on the year, that's that's somewhere between eighteen and twenty four. Uh, most years. So, um, I, I think we could do like somewhere eighteen to twenty. If we if we pulled eighteen to twenty in twenty twenty three, I'd be happy. Um, that's probably a little optimistic for for year for a true year one. Um, but I think we can make it happen. I think if if they keep papering the state of Virginia like they have, we're going to be able to rebuild some of those relationships. They've been doing a really and good I job. Think that, I think that's the big thing that we need to do, and, and they're doing a good job so far. Uh, obviously, 757 is important. 804 is more important than it was um, back when we used to recruit it, uh, recruit well. Um, you know, and, and you got to be able to, to really hit kind of all the angles from there as well. I mean, uh, you got to be good in DMV, got to be good in Nova, got to be good uh, in Southwest Virginia in, in spots, got to be good in Southside in spots. You got to know uh, where those where the talent is. And I think that's that, that's what we're going to see improved is a, a better understanding of the talent that the state of Virginia has and, and where we can win those battles. Damn right. Yeah, it's it was pretty much um... – Everything came down to the fact that we did not recruit the state of Virginia as much as we should have nope. for six years. True. Yeah. And we, and we saw we our best. Up. Man, in the end, we fucked up and we're all learning. And we were the, at the turn of the century, we were the most well funded fucking football program ever. And we're learning right now. That's where we. Fucked up. That's what killed yeah. me. Put the drinks down. Well, yeah, and, and it's true, man, because you know, 15 years ago, we had the fourth highest paid coaching staff in the country. The fourth yeah, highest paid no, staff in the country. He's going along with what I'm saying. We I, no, no, me and you, Jeremy, me and you've touched this numerous times, usually slightly inebriated. We literally we had it get, Even the SEC at the time. And we weren't. We it didn't was literally, care. It was like I'm not going to talk about Jim Weaver and how yep. Jim Weaver is terrible. <laughs> I'm not going to do that because he's passed, and I'm not going to say anything about how he's terrible. Curtis, just show him the hope you respect cup again. Just show him the hope you respect cup. I'm not going to do that. I'm not doing it because Jeremy will start turning shit over. All right, let me <laughs> ask you this, guys. Um, first of all, have we announced the spring game game day yet? We got We're gonna have up. a spring game. That's we are gonna have thing. a spring game. We are having. It a will be game. televised on the ACC network as well. So we just don't have a date for it. Oh, yes. money! That is money. Ooh. What we were just talking about. Yep, it's gonna be on TV, and we're gonna have one. And I want to know the date. It's one of those things I joked with Brian already. Like we need to know this date ASAP. So. We can go ahead and put our hall passes in for that Saturday. Yeah, like, I'm coming, listen, I'm coming up there. Here that Saturday. I'm coming for the spring game. So, oh, like, Come spring up. game. I just buy I, a I tell people, for fucking everyone on spring game. Everybody, there we go. spring game. I'll tell any hokey fan. Half the time, is, I don't actually make the spring game because I am passed out by the time it's <laughs> spring game. Time. We are shocked. We are not shocked. It's one of the fun things. <laughs> Because yeah, spring game's a good time because it, it's it's relaxed. Like you, you you know you go you still get all the fun of the tailgates. You get all the fun of that shit. You get to interact with players, but you don't have to like. There, there's no stress of the 
outcome. Yeah. And it's it, 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 it feels like a uh, like a big party. It feels like a big party. It is a big party. That's pretty much what it is. You go and it's just like, this might be our offense or maybe not. <laughs> All right, well, I'll see you. One of those guys is starting a quarterback. I don't know which one. And you get on the field, and this is that's where we met Tap. Was it spring game 2016? And he's literally, I kid you not, Tally. The coolest part is we met that day. We met Luther Maddie, we met Daddy, all the Edmonds brothers. Everybody's so cordial. You get on the field, man. Everybody'll they'll chat with you, they'll take pictures, you want an autograph, they'll do anything. And me and him, we're rolling, and I call out the corner of my eye and I say, Brian. That's Daryl Tap. Brian peeks over my shoulder. He's like, oh, shit, that is Tap. He got his son on his back, passed out in a little light carrier. And I'm like, dude, it's Tap. We got to go walk and talk to him. And, dude, we went up to him. And, man, he took pictures with us. He chatted us up four or five minutes. Five minutes. Oh, my God, that's fucking awesome. But So, anybody out there listening, go to spring game. It's worth it. It's a great atmosphere. Go downtown, have drinks. Go tailgating scene. Have a great fucking time. Go to it. It's going to be on TV, so DVR it so you can actually come back if you don't get too inebriated and figure What's out. What's a DVR, thing. man? What? <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen, my Hulu, I got unlimited DVR, so I DVR shit. Um, let, let's, let's, let's end it here, y'all. We've been damn near going two hours. This has been a fucking blast. Um, before we get into the fun stuff, what's your expectation, Tally, for 2022? Win-win. Give me to a bowl game, man. Win six games, give me to a bowl game. All right. Jeremy, expectation for 2022? We'll go to a bowl game. Bowl game. I, I want to have higher expectations, but I think what we've talked about here tonight, it's a lot of roster mismanagement. Now, don't get me wrong. If you talk to me in six weeks, if we've crushed that portal – Right, like, like, if, right. if Cameron Ward signs on to to be a hokey, <laughs> then I might I might change my my tune here. Uh, I'm kind of, I'm kind of with y'all on the uh, the bowl game. I think we might could get to seven just because of how weak the schedule is next year. Oh God, but right. but seven's kind of my my ceiling in terms of expectations right now because of the roster. But like as Curtis was saying, if if we get Cameron Ward, we get a couple other guys at wide receiver, we get a. Uh, offensive lineman and a defensive lineman come in, I feel a little bit different, especially if those guys are are higher caliber players. We going to Charlotte if that happens. <laughs> we going to fucking Charlotte. Next year. I, I, saw, I, saw we, I saw we threw, threw, threw the offer out to Cameron Ward today, so that's good. I know. I want it to happen, yeah. but. Hey, listen. It, it, it can happen. It's a low potential, but it can happen. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm going to throw this one. You're going to miss it if you don't take the shot. So it's true. I, I'm glad we took the shot. I'm, I'm going to throw this one to you, Tally, because obviously we're all same age, and this is like those cool things. We all have those things. What's been your most memorable experience as a Hokie fan? Man, probably my first game in Lane was uh, 2016. Okay. Uh, me and one of my homeboys, he's a he's a Hokie fan as well. Like we went to college together. Uh, we came to the to the uh, Miami game. I think it was a Thursday night game. Yes, it was. Uh, and we beat the shit out of them. You know, it was my first, you know, time in lane, time first game live. So that's that's probably my most memorable experience to to this date so far. All right, 
My next one's gonna be when I meet Jeremy. Oh, <laughs> Jeremy, what about you, man? Because you've been, I mean, close to basically what 17, 17 years of going to games and shit. What's been your most memorable experience? Honestly, honestly, all of them, all of them, because you got a ton. When Danny Cole caught the pass at that fucking sugar bowl. <laughs> I was indignant as shit the entire like time. The next day, that was the worst part was I had people coming up in New Orleans being like, you won that game. You won that game. It was just like, yeah, I know we won that game. And then I puked my fucking ass off the entire way back home. I don't know if it was alcohol poisoning or the fact that I ate a lot of raw oysters. I don't know what to tell you. Combination. I my ass off all the way from fucking New Orleans to fucking Blacksburg over that fucking sugar bowl. <laughs> but you know what? I wouldn't trade it for fucking anything in the world. Everybody. Uh, I, I, and fuck all of them. Fuck the Pac-12 rest. <laughs> Danny Cole caught that pass. Fuck all you. He did. He did catch that pass. Not even a lie. Yeah, everybody knows Danny Cole caught that ball. And regardless of whether you think he caught that ball, there wasn't enough to overturn the call. In the field, so. Nothing. As soon as that thing was called. <laughs> well, listen, Jeremy, Callie. Oh, and by the way, it yes. came out later that the Pac-12 refs, oh, it, it went off to someone – who was a Michigan fan later. Actually, a Michigan graduate who made the call on that one. And they got mm. in trouble. Yes, they did. Our ball game was decided by a Michigan fan. They fucked us. They I'll eat their face. They fucked us. I'll welcome <laughs> the day I see them. <laughs> I'm the crown going to come back out. Oh, shit. Well, listen, Tally, Jeremy, this has been two hours of exactly what I thought it'd be. A lot of fucking fun, a lot of shenanigans, a lot of good talk. We really appreciate you guys joining us, um, and we will have you guys back again, hopefully sometime between now and next December. But if not, circle this. Y'all will officially be our state of the program, two-hour, have some drinks, get to feeling good shindig. <laughs> Hey. Yes, sir. We appreciate being here, man. Thank y'all. It's been uh it's been fun, man. I got to watch Jeremy get drunk because he's definitely drunk. <laughs> I'm gonna pray for I'm gonna pray for Emily because I know it's gonna be a rough night. Jer- Jeremy's about to pull that Doc Holiday shit. I've not yet begun to defile myself. <laughs> he has not. Right. <laughs> right. I love you, Oh God. Well, that is gonna wrap up this episode of the Boundary Corner Podcast. With Jonathan Talley, with Dr. Jeremy Counts, I'm Curtis Wilson. I'm Brian Siegler. Visit our website, BoundaryCornerBT.com. Listen to all of our episodes. While you're there, don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook. Subscribe to our YouTube accounts, which in the future, our goal is we are going to attempt to get some film breakdown. Attempt. Keyword, there's Jeremy. Jesus Lord, that's scary. Subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast source, Amazon, Apple Music, or Spotify. We always let our buddy Jason Long, who lives down in the Roanoke Valley, play us in, play us out. 
We thank you for listening. And as always, y'all ready, boys? Let's go. Hope peace. Empty dicks, full hearts. <laughs>